Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast, the podcast where two comedians talk like experts on subjects they are not experts on. This will be the last podcast for 2022, taking a three to four month break. If you are subscribed, all that money goes to charity. So uh, I would encourage you to stay subscribed. However, if you'd like to cancel that subscription, by all means, just head to the website, neilcarhacker.com. And you can do that. We're doing another uh, listener topic this episode. This one deals with Australian politics, um, although it's a bit more of a hypothetical. It's quite an interesting one. So um, we'll get into that. We've also got a shout out that we're going to get into as well. Um, And I'm going to get through some of the sponsors to begin with. And we'll get straight into that shout out. So you can skip through this next one to two minutes if you'd like. However, the sponsors have been fantastic to us and we would definitely appreciate it if you listen. This podcast is sponsored by Earthy. I'm Earthy Clothing. I'm wearing one of their shirts now if you're watching on YouTube. Beautiful design, very well fitted. Uh, They are based in the south coast of New South Wales with unique earth-inspired designs using eco-friendly inks. They use organic cotton. There's no toxic pesticides or fertilizers. Uh, Workers are protected from having to be exposed to poisonous chemicals that could seriously harm their health. And the whole production line is entirely ethical. Everyone's paid a living wage with reasonable hours of work. And their vision is not simply to sell clothes, but to have a positive impact on the environment and the community. They donate $1 from each shirt towards their foundations that they support, the Australian Conservation Foundation and Sea Shepherd Australia. But if you use the code Neil Jordan, you will get 15% off and they will also donate $5 to those foundations. So go to imearthy.com.au, use the code Neil Jordan, I-M-E-A-R-T-H-I-E.com.au. We're also sponsored by Crush Organics. They've got a huge range of CBD oil and CBD oil products. I've been a, uh, well, a long-time user of their CBD oil now. Very relaxing, very calming, very tranquil. Go to crushorganics.com. That's Crush with a K. Use the code NEIL. You get 40% off. I've also uh, just tried their pain cream. It's great if you haven't used CBD oil before. Just read all the labels. Uh, start off with one or two drops. All right, let's get into a shout out here this is a shout out from tom um so let's get to that one first hey dudes i'm a provisional psychologist from adelaide Mm, i'm liking this man already this has something to do with why I'm interested in the podcast, but not what I'm here to promote today. Not too long ago, I released an EP titled Echo Chamber Puppeteers under the pseudonym Capermote, C-A-P-E-R-M-O-T-E. This is just an anagram of my name for anyone wondering. Okay. The EP is available on all streaming platforms and YouTube. While it's instrumental, conceptually, it touches on ideas that two of you focus on during your podcasts. So so, social psychology concepts such as power, ideology groups, the self, blah, blah. The last track, the Jahari window, is named after a framework used in psychology to help people understand different versions of themselves and how these are presented to the world. I haven't heard of that. That sounds really interesting. I've got to look up that. To be honest, this would probably make either a good podcast or Jordan Shank's topic. I have thought quite deeply on the meaning behind the EP and the song titles. Ironic for an instrumental EP, I know, but that can be saved for a YouTube video or a journal behind a paywall or some shit, I reckon. (laughs) The EP is instrumental progressive rock. 
Now, I'm making a total guess here, but since the podcast would be going to a lot of, I guess, internet people, I figured there'd be a couple of prog fans listening since it's quite an internet music genre. Hopefully, a couple of you can find some enjoyment out of it and perhaps even some meaning that you can make for yourselves. It's my very first release, so very nerve-wracking and also random to have good feedback already, which has helped me push it a little more, including doing this. I also have the two of you to thank. Music became an outlet for me when I was struggling a little bit with what on earth I was supposed to do to be satisfied with my life uh, and my direction. I was about to finish my honours year at uni and all I knew was that I had no intention of doing clinical psychology. Mm. This probably seems like a trivial thing, but living in that world and not being 100% certain wasn't the best place to be, especially with four years under my belt and identifying with the psychology road, but still having a long way to go. In the end, after a lot of life experience and taking up different opportunities, I'm very confident. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Basically, four years under my very. Taking up, I'm very confident with everything I'm doing now. Uh, anyway, I need I needed something outside of my career to focus on and keep me grounded. This EP is the culmination of around four years worth of daily dedication. Wow. I started with zero songwriting experience and allocated a large chunk of my free time to bettering myself through this creative outlet in this way and in others. I've employed a lot of things the two of you speak about into my daily life. And honestly, I don't believe I could have gotten my life into this particular position without it. Not that what I do is special. I just needed to to change my mindset, to hold myself accountable, to do the things that I know make me happy and continue on the paths towards my goals instead of just 100% beers. <laughs> Motivation <laughs> and time management are both really important to me and my life is much better since I started to play a more active and conscious role in what the fuck I was getting up to on a daily basis. Each week listening to a podcast was a little weekly check-in to me. The music started with me in my last year of uni continued during my first full-time job going back to do my master's moving out of home and probs by the time this is out finishing my master's so there's a lot in there and my hope is that i've managed to encapsulate all those different life events into the music that the emotions felt during all that time that will hopefully resonate with at least one person it was a no-brainer for at least for me to at least chuck some money at you for this reason, but I genuinely think in an extremely abstract way, it could all tie in together quite nicely. Well done. Well done, sir. What a great email to uh, go on our break for. I think it's well earned after that one. Uh, Hell yeah. Thank you. Echo Chambers Puppeteers. Everyone check that out. Echo ch- Echo Chamber Puppeteers. I've got to say as well, that is- Capamote. Capamote? Mm. You, sir, did art correctly. Neil and I, but pale in comparison to you. Oh, yeah. That's how art's supposed to be done. It's what you love. It's a representation of your inner world. And that's and that alone. You know, there's nothing else. There's no motive behind it. If anything, I need to take a leaf out of this guy's book and and restructure a few of the things I'm doing. And it's part of the reason for this break. I need to just. Think about some things. So, you know, this is inspiring to hear this as well. So you're a legend. You're in you're, I just, no words. This is just the perfect email to Isn't start it? this podcast on. So very happy. Thank with you. That. Thank you very much. And um, I'll definitely check out that EP and I hope everyone else does too. Okay. So And also everybody take a leaf out of that man's book. That is a very psychologically healthy thing to do, to have some creative endeavor where you have 
no reason to do it other than to encapsulate what you're thinking and feeling and that's it. Yeah. That's you're exactly right. That's what art should be. Should be. I want to learn an instrument. In a better world. I want to learn an instrument. Do you play any instruments? Yeah, I used to play sax. Do you still I, do it? No. I think Christo still has my fucking sax, actually. Um, but, yeah, no, like, I got bored of that very quickly. I played the didgeridoo for a while. Okay. Uh, if you can. <laughs> yeah. Like, what age I'm were you? To. Uh, I was a kid. <laughs> no, and then I was a teenager. All right. So uh, did you like get to circular breathing level? Yeah, or? just, just. But then it's really hard to do that. Okay. So I was able to do it for a few, for a little while, but I couldn't do it for a prolonged period of time. And not with a great deal of just like intensity with what was coming out of the mouth anyway. I could circular breathe, but it was just a little whimper of breath coming out. It's, a, it's, a, it's an impressive skill. So you got to kind of push out with your cheeks. You puff out your cheeks and then as you breathe in, I'm still a bit congested, but I mean, it's, there's no didgeridoo here, so you wouldn't be able you to You won't be able to hear it. But that's but the general okay. gist of it. You're not actually breathing. You're using your cheeks to push out the air. Yeah. While you're breathing in, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I can see what you're doing. I think, I, so. I, think, I think that's Isn't that what you do with the trumpet? I don't know, never played the trumpet. Well, just get that. I think they're like 600 bucks. I don't think they're that expensive either. They, well, having said that, those, they're an annoying instrument. There's a there's an Indian drum I want to get. Um, the tabla. No, the tabla is apparently it takes years to, to even get the basics. But there's one called the dolak, which is apparently a bit easier. Does it have that boo sound? <laughs> I think they all do. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I love that sound. That, I, I'm, that's the <laughs> one of the greatest sounds that music has ever made. Boom, boom, boom. boom. <laughs> yeah, how could you not be a guru with that kind of music? You can't. No, exactly. Exactly. Boom. Chill. Your guys' version of the clarinet is horrific, but you got the drums right. <laughs> the drums are the best drums on earth. No, nah, that clarinet makes the cobra dance. So you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what else do you want from a clarinet? <laughs> All right, so the, now we're going to get to the topic that we're going to end uh, 2022 oh, on. And damn, drum the, roll. The, the shout out Tabla was roll. Uh, a, an essay. This is a this is a very short topic. This uh, it's um, topic: how to speed run prime ministership. And then that's that's the topic. So we want to talk about how to sp- speed run prime ministership. And then there's a paragraph. Additionally, I live in Philip Ruddock's old electorate, and Matt Keane is my state representative. Would like mm. to know if that's a battle <laughs> that can be won. I'm George and I'm very handsome. Please outline uh, outline that extensively. You're Georgian and very handsome. George and I'm very handsome. Oh. This is very George is a handsome man's name. Maybe I need glasses. Uh, but uh, George, teeny. beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah, good on you, George. <laughs> good self-assessment. How to speed run prime ministership. Now, this could be a fun exercise in, in just Machiavellian thinking. How, if you forget about the actual, well, first let's do one with how to actually ethically get to the point of prime minister in this country. But let's just say you were a nefarious actor who wanted to get to the prime minister position in uh, as quick a time period as possible. What ideology would you adopt? How would you go about doing it? And 
what cards would you have would would be required to fall in what way for you to get to that top job? Oh well, look. In terms of that, the, the one who gained it was Malcolm Turnbull. That's what you need to do. So first off, very first thing, you need to branch stack a local branch. How do you do that? What's what's that? What does that even mean? I don't know any of that. <laughs> uh, branch stacking is just when you're picking uh, who you're going to be running as the candidate of your seat. Mm-hmm. You have to go to branch meeting, so either a Liberal or Labor branch meeting, and people have to vote for you to be the candidate. Can anyone go to a branch meeting? No, you have to be a member and you have to- How do you become a member? Dole in a certain amount of hours. Uh, I think different rules for different uh, parties. But the general thing is that you would have to go to these branch meetings. You would have to attend a certain amount of these branch meetings and then you could apply for membership. You have to be somewhat invested in the cause, which is actually why, and this is a thing that I really don't like about the direction of the Labor Party, and it's, the Liberal Party's always been like that, so it doesn't really matter, but the Labor Party, for instance, has become extremely professionalised, and the reason it no longer like has these working men and has all these like soft men and women at the front of it now is because it's slowly been hollowed out from union representation and has been slowly replaced with a bunch of kids from Sydney University. Why don't they why don't the labor. unions branch stack at various seats and just go to the meetings? Because the more that they do this, this is there's two strategies, right? So like the thing is people are always saying, oh my God, I can't believe that someone branched out because the, the general, this is why you have so many wogs in like state labor and, and liberal, right? Is because they just ethnic stamp branch stack. They just like have family ties with like a hundred cousins. And then the cousins just go there and have like barbecues and shit for like f- five goes. And they're just like, yeah, we vote for Zadis to be the MP. Yeah, Zadis one, fuck yeah. Like that's the- <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how they get in. Yeah, wow. There's that element. And then the other element is that you uh, do like a classic Leninist takeover of an institution, which is usually what the Sydney Uni kids do, which is you go there, uh, you get yourself into these like key little shitty positions in that branch that no one wants to do. And, and they then- paid? Huh? Are they paid positions? No. no. Okay. And then and then you uh like you, you have like this little strategy of like six people or something like that. You just become so obnoxious and nasty that you um sort of turn away all the nanas that go to those branch meetings because they're just like oh, she's very rude and they won't let me speak. What's the point of being here? And then they sit there and then they just you know, there's six people in the branch and they just go like, I vote for Neville and then Neville becomes the next branch member. <laughs> sounds, that one. That's no wonder everyone hates politicians. That sounds horrendous. Mm. So you either got to just win with family ties or be a bunch of cunts. Or be a bunch of cunts. Or like in Malcolm Turnbull's case, <laughs> look, it's 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 very strongly suggested that he bought his seat. And, you know, <laughs> like, would you be surprised? Um, but this is the whole thing. There's like all these elements of branch. I, I really hate it when like a politician actually gets outed on branch stacking because it's like they all fucking do it. So like there's no other way to do it really. Like, okay, there's the the old school fair way, which is actually something that I've got to start doing and I've got to start talking to a couple of because this is the other thing. You start seeing this that especially on a state level, all of the uh, the good union reps are slowly getting pincered out of politics by these Sydney uni fuckwits. And 
So I've got to talk to them about how to build their branch up again. <laughs> how are these like hardened union men like being cucked by Sydney uni kids? Because they just, that's a whole thing, mate. They're like, they're interested in helping people, not fucking studying like archaic rules from the 1800s to just be like, actually, we can just abstain this vote for two weeks and, you know, that, that, that kind of shit. So it's just the same thing that's like so annoying about like courts and everything else. It's just like lawyers, are. there's a reason no one likes lawyers. It's because they understand the rules <clears throat> of society. And then they just fucking like like a little piece of shit that you played Monopoly with in year eight. They just kind of like bend the rules to their favour. That's that's all they do. So like, how are they supposed to compete? <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that sounds horrendous. I mean, in in America, you can just run on. You just have to be a member of the Republican or Democratic Party, and then just have enough money or at least presence to announce a presidential bid. See, this is what it seems like. Mm. And you gain enough notoriety and publicity that you get on the debate stage. You say the things that are fodder for the base. You appeal to the base as much as possible. You appeal to a pl- plurality of the base. You then probably just uh, move slightly to the center once you're actually on the ticket and you win. Mm. It's actually easier to become president of the United States if you're an uh, outsider, so to speak, than here in Australia because even what you said, that's how you get into parliament. But then to become the prime minister, you have to then would have to appeal to the other uh, parliamentary members and then the the members who vote now. I don't know. What is the weighting of that vote? Because I know I remember when Bill Shorten and Albanese had those debates, the members wanted Albanese, but then the the caucus wanted Bill Shorten. What's the, are they 50, is it 50-50 or what is the weighting to each of those votes there? I think from memory it is 50-50, but then again, it seems like it was weighted in favour of the people in the cabinet, which, look, I have heard Paul Keating's argument for why it would be weighted towards that and it does make sense to me. It's kind of like, okay, look, it's all well and good to have these ideas of, uh, you know, the, the person being democratically elected and I do see the merits in that obviously because it's just like if they're, if they're popular amongst the party, they're probably going to be more popular amongst the actual population. But the cabinet was also just this thing of like, but they're the ones that deal with them on a day-to-day basis. So they would know the ones that actually like know how to effectively push things forward. So look, I, I see both sides of the argument, but really like, look, having dealt with these party things all the time, I see that the ones that were popularly elected are usually like very decent, good, hardworking people. And the people that were like appointed by like the secretary of the party, uh, you know, scum, usually scum. So that's actually probably the case. Okay. When you said that like, yeah, like it's, 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 it is a way better system in the U S where you can just like take your message to the people and the fact that they sit there and say that there's like, you know, all this meddling with the primaries or whatever. And it's like, you don't even know that at least you have them. This is the thing that Americans are always whining about. It's the same with their court systems as well. It's just like they're rigged and all this kind of stuff. It's like, you've got juries, dude, shut up. 
Like, like you have so much more democracy in a lot of ways than we, it's really weird. Like in, in some ways they have way more democracy than we do. Like the, the actual electoral process and the judicial process, they have way more democracy. Uh-huh. But then when it comes to like The interest governing, of the public. Yeah. The, yeah the nothing. Lobbyists run the government there. Um, almost entirely. Almost entirely. Um, uh, you know that, what freaks okay. me out actually? Sorry, just, just before we even go onto that yeah. thing, I just need to ma- mention this. It really scared me that Joe Biden just passed probably the most significant piece of legislation in the 21st century. He pretty much just saved the planet. Yes, with with the huge provisions of like the US reducing their carbon emissions by 50%. That did get passed. It did get passed. See, see, isn't that incredible? No one knows. Well, we are in another country. But, like, okay, people know that, like, Joe Biden's been on holidays 90 days out of his presidency. Like, they know that shit. Maybe it was 4D chess by the Democrats to, uh, uh, you know, sort of nudge the FBI to raid Trump so that that would occupy the news cycle while they, while they got that bill through. That wouldn't surprise me, actually. That that's Look, the, the Democrats have been doing, move. like, very fucking sneaky things over the last few months. It's been very interesting. Um. Yeah, it is. It's it's like really, but like again, like no credit. Everybody's just continually shitting on him. No one mentioned it. Just like eh, when we have free college and shut up, you know, like it's just <laughs> fucking hell. Like I hate it. I sorry. Um, but anyway, but going back to that that, that thing, um, yes, the best safest bet you could make to get to the prime ministership as quickly as possible is to try and mimic Scott Morrison's career. I mean, no, sorry, not Scott Morrison's career, uh, Malcolm Turnbull's career. And that's what you'd want to be doing. You have to become a multimillionaire um, dot-com investor first. Yep. So. So, the, see, well, how, okay, so then if yes, you don't you know. do that, you have to be like <laughs> some party bottom feeder for like 40 years. Surely there'd be a way to just like... S- s- Socially manipulate your way into, you know, a, into a local member position. Well, I mean, Scott Morrison did that. Yeah, and then, or the alternative: what if you did this? What if you ran as an independent senator? Mm-hmm. You found some sort of niche um, ideology that would uh, propel you to whatever that minimum requirement of votes are in a given state. Run in Tasmania for some you know, cause that 30,000 people will vote for you as a state senator there. No, sorry, a federal senator. Now for your six years in the Senate, you just say the most provocative statements possible and all you want to do is get in the news cycle. Mm. That's all you want to do, get in the news cycle. Mm. And you gain enough notoriety and popularity as a result. Mm. So you're a controversial figure, but you're a a controversial political figure that maybe represents a, a, a decent portion of the Australian public. Mm. Then you either have to start building your own party, which you would have thought was an impossible task, but in the last election, look at what the Teals did. Now they had a, the backing of many billionaires, but we are in an era where the uh, smaller parties are gaining a lot more popularity and there would be a chance to potentially win a couple of seats over 10 years if you play your cards right. 
if you use social media to your advantage, if you really listen to what is popular among the, your constituents, then maybe you slowly build up that way. Or then maybe you, you nah, it's just harder in Australia, isn't it? You basically <laughs> would still have to go through one of the major parties or, or you'd have to do it through One Nation or, you know, the the Nationals and somehow create an, an even larger coalition in the in the right wing base and become prime minister that way. No, it couldn't happen. Yeah, no, never say never. It's just like how how does Pauline Hanson go from where she is with the current structures that are in place against her to becoming prime minister? There's no way that you could like, and on top of that, it's just kind of like if she if she was representative of the general population, she would have more of a vote. It's kind of the same what thing. What about as, go on? You take enough votes away from the liberals, which arguably she may have already done. Mm. One of the parties could have could do that, and then, but your whole goal is to just. Take enough votes away, but also garner new votes and say, I'm happy for, for for this party to be subsumed into the Liberals one day if these following conditions are met. I need to be a member. I want a portfolio position as well. I want a ministerial position. And then you're a high-ranking member there in that party. And then you just... Be, then it feels like you have to be the most charismatic and you garner enough public attention and enough people like you and the party would be forced to put you up as the prime minister, mm. as the leader. Mm. Well, that's a big... In Australia, it's it's pretty difficult, isn't it? You, you really just have to be institutionalised into a party for decades before you could even think about becoming prime minister. Is there... In our history... Has there ever been someone who's just, you know, I'm going to run for, pol I'm going to become a politician and within 10 years has become prime minister? Well, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's Malcolm Turnbull. But he Ran was still, politics. when did he get into politics? 2004, I think it was. 2004 okay. and then he was So it took him prime minister. 11 years. It was 2015. 2015, that's right, yeah. 11 years. That's impressive. 11 years. That is impressive. Maybe Scott Morrison was 10, actually. Okay, okay. So you No, 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 but, look, but best that doesn't count because Scott Morrison was also like, you know, president of the New South Wales Liberal Party before that. So, yeah, no, he was still Fuck part man. of, like, the machine. What a cunty. Like, what just, you just know whoever that person is is a cunt. Don't you? It have to be like well, in just being in politics and just party. being in the machine of it, and yeah. not like a politician. They'd be scum. I'm president of the University Liberal Party. I'm president, even <sighs> but even as president of the University Labor Party, you got bullied a lot, didn't you? That's coming from a comedian. I know. <laughs> They're such nerds. Such nerds. Um. That's the whole thing that's really annoying about politics. It really has become, as I've said this point before, but like, you know, you look at prime ministers from black and white days and there are all these chads with these like twirly moustaches and 
You can tell they were bosses. What exactly can the governor general do in this country? What 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 are the powers they, if they ever chose to wield it, can oh, they, they can just sack a government? They can sack a government. Yeah. And and so then what would happen? What would occur as a result? Would there just be another snap federal election? Yeah. Then there's a snap federal election. They'll have like a caretaker government in, which will be the opposition government for a few months, and then they'll have an election. That's how it rolls. And, and then would just the same members likely sit again or what would ha- would there just be a change in leader? Well, I mean, when it happened to Whitlam, Whitlam just ran again. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of just the same thing, the Westminster system. I mean, it's happening in Pakistan right now. Um, that I think that's pretty much all the governor general can do. I think that's its only power is just okay. this. Okay. I'm I'm I have the ability to disband a government I don't like. That's pretty much it. I mean, that just, is a lot of power for one person. Which is really strange when you think about it that it's only really happened twice in our entire history. When was the other time? Well, the other actually, the other time was like a governor, not a governor general, but that was New South Wales with Jack Lang uh, in the thirties. Okay, and okay, so you can't really do even if you got on the into that governor general position in some scheming way. You can you can disband a government. You can't then put yourself in there or anything. You, you don't have the power to then become some sort of caretaker dictator, do you? No, it has to go to like an elected representative. It just goes to the opposition. Um, could there be a military coup in Australia? Oh, yeah. Actually, there that'd could. be the quickest way. Well, okay. no, that's not a quick way to do it either because you'd have to become a general. You'd have to climb your way up through the army. Damn. there's no There's This is a tough system to game. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Okay, you'd have to go through... Look, the, the best way to do it, this is the best way to do it. Exactly what Malcolm Turnbull did, I think. Just pin your name to something fucking, some social issue that's like gaining huge amounts of attention like he did with the Republic vote. So like now, I guess, voice to parliament or some shit. And then you just, uh, you 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 become like the face of it, which is exactly what he did. It's actually what exactly what Tony Abbott did as well. Tony Abbott became the face of the no vote and Malcolm Turnbull became the face of the yes vote. And that created both of their careers. And so then you've already got like huge public prominence because you're just part of this like nationwide debate every day. Uh, it's it's very mainstream. It's it's very respectable. So you've, you've, you've both got uh, approval from the elite and you kind of have prominence amongst the plebs. So what would a, a a cause in today's day and age be? Yeah, it's, it's voice to parliament because it's just any referendum. Any referendum that's about to happen, you pin your face to that first. That's the first step. Mm-hmm. You become part of like the, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Like let's, let's use these phrases like aboriginals against a voice to parliament. Like you, you would get very prominent, very quickly in the press, you know, like you, <laughs> mm. you, you pick something. Um, put your name to one of these sort of like social, philosophical, esoteric points 
that is prominent in the public. That's that's your first step. That's good politics right there. Make it something I think as well, something that like people don't feel particularly strongly about. Uh, Jesus, like the, the fucking monarchy was a perfect one. Like I don't think anybody was going to die if, uh, <laughs> if we changed the republic or if we didn't change the republic. Like I don't think anyone cared that much. Uh-huh. So do you think Malcolm attached his name to that purely to get into the prime ministerial position? Oh, absolutely. Like I, I remember once somebody that used to clean his house told me that like uh, when he was thinking of running again to take the uh, prime ministership off of Tony Abbott, Lucy was just being like, I just don't understand why you need to do it, Malcolm. You're nearly 60. And he was saying, Lucy, ever since you've known me, you've known that I've always wanted to be prime minister. So he wanted to be prime minister since he was like fucking 15 or whatever. Um, well, it didn't last long. No, it didn't. But uh, for the grace of God, if we were in a... Huh? He won one election. Scrape through. He... I think if we were in a different time, he would have been like a Howard figure and just fucking hung around forever. Like th- that, usually Australia, in normal circumstances, everything's going well. In normal circumstances, everything's going well. Australia wants, or by Australia, I do mean the uh, the elite machinery that like convinces everybody of what they want. They want Malcolm Turnbull. They want Malcolm Turnbull. So you would be best to be, as they say, small L liberal. That's what you want to be pitching yourself as if you want to become a rising star under normal circumstances. So like we're talking about, as he said, like getting to the prime ministership. Appease the donors. Go to their cocktail parties and- Really uh, smooge them. But then that's the whole thing as well is like you need to have the right pedigree, which you won't have because that's the whole thing about Malcolm Turnbull, right? Like he is, a, you know, a well, Wentworth boy through sure, and through. wealthy man. Yeah, so liberals would be a hard ask unless you're from that ilk of society. So I guess this that is leaves the other Labor. thing actually. Mm, no, because... The Labor Party, now that is just a true labyrinth. That is just, I remember once uh, a guy that works in the Labor Party was like, how do factions work? And he was just like, I'm going to need three chalkboards and three days just to give you the basics of it. And so like, and this is the whole thing. He was like, I've been a faction man for 10 years and I still don't really understand how it works. No one understands. It's a labyrinth. Uh, it's just this weird system of some people just walking into like some accidental trap door and being like, ah, and then all of a sudden coming out and being opposition leader. Like it's a, it's a really strange system that has been set up because it's like, dare I say, it's a very Byzantine system. Like it's been operating for a hundred years. So it's kind of this ad hoc thing that like just okay. barely okay. keeps chugging along. It's it's actually a lot easier to get a seat in the Liberal Party than it is in the Labor Party. A lot easier. Um, maybe uh, maybe you'd want to hedge your bets in one of the um, new parties, run as a teal. They'd be looking for members now, I'm sure, with their 
newfound popularity, they'll be running in a lot more seats. They'll try to they'll try to sneak through in some of those suburban seats. I think, and the marketing is great, dude. I I really a lot of people like their uh, I guess the the way they're represented. Look, a lot of working women love them. That's what I'm saying. It's that that is exactly what that party is. That party <laughs> is destined to just be in all of those like prim and proper. You know, it's like a, it's a North Shore, Eastern Suburbs party. Like, Don't, a, I, I, I think it could gain traction in suburban seats as well. If it does, this is what I, this is what I think. Right, first of all, I think that's. Terrible, terrible for democracy in general. Uh, but second, if that happens, it might be successful for a couple of elections, but then they'll they'll lose what they had, which is that they're extremely potent in the seats that they were targeting. Like they, they were so well designed for the seats that they were going for. But if you have to start compromising your message between upper-class Australia and middle-class Australia. The core message is essentially we uh, are economically centre-right, but we do support measures to... um, uh, we, we, We support a transition towards green energy and our culture is very different. We're a, you know, if anything, we're a revolt against the old boy culture of both the liberals and the labor. We're we're just a fresh face. We're we're something new, and and we're championed by professional women. Mm. I, I think that could resonate with suburban women as well as uh, you know upper class women. I don't think it would just resonate with uh, female doctors and engineers. I think it could also start to resonate with. You know, teachers, nurses, and well, no, maybe they'll always be labor, right? But see, that's the whole thing, right? Like with, with teachers business, and nurses, you know, I don't think it's going to work. Okay, yeah, that's true. But small uh, business, small business. See, this is the whole thing. They've, they've, that's that's who they represent. The seats of luxury beliefs. That's what they have. Like just these kind of dude. It was so hard to vote for the teal in my seat when they were just handing out the. Strong woman for parliament. Strong woman for parliament. I was just like, you're it's so you. fucking lucky you have a better climate policy. <laughs> you know? Like, right. It's like, uh, anyway, but like the thing is. They're not targeting you. They're not targeting me, but this is the whole thing. I just by chance live in one of those suburbs, but I'm not of that ilk. But I know people that are of that ilk and that does resonate with them. But like, uh, you know, suburban women. All right. What are suburban women? Suburban women are. Housewives, uh, they're secretaries. They're people that work in like uh, salons, hairdressers. I think you're missing a class there in the middle. I don't, I don't think it just goes from women who are, say, doctors and psychologists to women who are housewives and secretaries. There's who's who's the class in the middle? You know, just admin types. Admin types. Okay, admin. Actually, you know what? It they could would, resonate with admin it would types. Definitely, I reckon my mum would vote teals for sure. Right. Okay. So you reckon that they could take the same message and because this is the whole thing. All right. So there is people that would be teal friendly in these. Actually, you know what? 
This is a good example. They tried to run one in the seat of Higgins, right? Higgins is middle class as it fucking gets. Where's Higgins? It's actually uh, it's uh, <laughs> Craig Kelly's old seat, <clears throat> right? Uh, is that so? That's uh, sort of just the other part of the Shire that's not Cook. Yeah, the other part of the Shire. Yeah, yeah. They ran a Georgia Steel type, right? And dude, it was so obvious. It was so like I couldn't because I was looking at houses around the area at the time. Yeah, so like every Saturday, I'd be driving around the streets and seeing where the core flutes lay. It was incredible. All the houses that were like fibro or some 70s Marsden home, whatever the, I can't even remember the the candidate's name, but whoever the liberal was at the time, right? Liberal, 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 liberal. Then you get to the, you know, the houses, the along uh, Mansion Point Road in Grays Point, and then all of a sudden you get Georgia Steel, Georgia Steel, Georgia Steel, Georgia Steel. It's it's very tailored towards the wealthy. Now, that's not okay. to say that there's like Fair not enough. going to be people in the middle class that aren't going to vote for them, obviously. But I think as a general group, the middle class, and Howard knew this very well, what do they care about? Housing, taxes, maybe some little handout if they can get it as like, you know, a form of a baby bonus or like, you know, private health insurance rebate. That's the shit that middle class Australia cares about. Because again, like it's not like they're starving, but as George Carlin once said, it was just like, the middle class is there to serve, to do all of the thinking for the upper class and the lower class is there to just scare the shit out of the middle class. <laughs> and I really do think that that like, pretty much sums up society well. <laughs> like they're not completely devoid of financial, like these people that sit there are just like, why don't we just have more women in parliament? It's just as smart as any man. Like, the, again, the luxury beliefs of just people that just don't think about money ever in their entire life, not once. Investment properties, massive shares portfolio, fucking double income of minimum 200000 each a year. They're insulated, a fortress of money surrounding them. So they could just sit there and have whatever fetish views they want, Right. Middle-class Australia doesn't. Middle-class Australia still has to think about that kind of shit. They, they don't have to think about it in the same way that working-class Australia does, but they still have to think about, like, I've got a mortgage to pay and, uh, you know, like, I don't know, 90 grand just doesn't really, like, it pays for a holiday to Bali. It doesn't pay for a holiday to Iceland, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. It's actually really like it is very interesting thinking about that. Like I love the fact that I don't know. The, the teals just as a concept anger me a lot. I can tell. Sorry. <laughs> 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 but uh, like at the same time, I'm very happy that uh, the Liberals have their own Greens party now. That is like, and, and actually a very, very effective Greens party. Like the Greens, there's no way the Greens are going to win those seats again. Like the Teals, this is what the Teals will do next election, right? Like I wouldn't be surprised if they try and run more Georgia Steel candidates and your Higgins and Cooks and all those kind of places. I don't think that they're going to win them, but I think that if they start running those fucking Teals in Tasmania, they start running them in Queensland, they start running them in WA, they, dude, they'll probably pick up 10 seats. 
but they'll pick up all of the, you know, ones where the, they don't even have corner stores. They just have like uh, artisan bakeries. They'll, 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 right. they'll pick, they'll get those seats. Which is sick, like it, yeah, as uh, like it is, a, it is a permanent thiefdom that they are creating. <laughs> okay, well, you can't then run as a, you probably can't get to the prime minister through the teals. No, this yet. is what's the, they've really. This is actually the prediction that my lawyer was making, and I was just like, yeah, whatever. And I think he's fucking right, even as the result of the last election. Because then you've got all these people just being like, mm, yeah, it's just going to be Grange and Labor forever and they're just going to be doing deals together and stuff. And it's just like, no, what's, go- what's going to happen is that the Liberals are going to lose a couple of elections running on a kind of like Dutton seat. They're going to realise that that kind of like Howard vision of the Liberal Party is over. And then they're going to make concessions to the Teals and the Teals... Look at them. They're naturally liberals. Like they just took all of the blue ribbon seats of the liberals. They, they are the liberal party. It's just the, 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 the money of the liberal party decided that it's just like, it's very embarrassing that we don't have a climate policy. And so they, they, they moved away. So they just, it, it's, it's like the Greens, I suppose. It's like a protest vote of the upper class. And it's eventually the liberal party will have to come hat in hand and say, what do you want? And then they're going to say, yeah, okay. And then it's going to come back. So, actually, it's actually the scenario that you were talking about. But with Pauline Hanson, but the wrong way around. Like, the right way around to do it is the teal thing. Is to just fucking Bide your time Allegra Spender or some shit just sitting there taking the seat of Wentworth until the Liberals have to come over to her and say, what does it take you to join the Liberal Party? And then she'll just say, I want a ministry, and then there you go. Yeah, well, you'd have to be a woman to do that. Did they run any male candidates or the whole thing is... No, it's all strong women. Uh, I don't think they'll ever will run any men. I think that that, because that's the whole thing, right? Like this is, again, one of these like elite beliefs. Dude, all the... Like every belief that they ran. I don't know, man. I think a lot of um, women who might even be traditionally Labor voters, especially if they've got a husband or a, a partner that, you know, is well off. And they don't have to worry about money too much. I don't know. I, I would guess maybe some of them would be swayed by that sort of a message, by a party that's run entirely by women. That's what I'm saying though, right? Like, But it is. That's middle class. Men will never vote for that. Oh, some might. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they, they'll, they could get, you know, your 20, 30% in some of those suburban seats but would but now because the vote is so you know it's so disparate and there's just so many parties competing for that even if you get 30 percent if you're then second and third on everyone else's preferences you can win the seat Hmm. i can tell you this if if it is a if it's a nurse or a, a teacher or something like that they'll be putting teal too I'm, gu- I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, for sure. They'd be putting it well above the Liberal candidate. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, again, the whole thing is just like... So maybe the best way is actually to run as a thing. Well, have a sex change. Have a sex change. They'd, be, they'd run definitely as a be into that. They'd love that. 
I don't you know, would get no, preference no, over the woman, you, I reckon. You, I honestly no, do. If no, you were a man that had a sex change... In the greens, you would. I don't know. Not the teals? No, Dude, the teals seem like to be really offended by, like... professional women who, like, do not... Are actually probably... Oh, you JK Rowling types that, like, actually yeah, hate yeah, trannies. Like, yeah, probably more okay. like your second wave feminist types than the, the newer breed... I'm guessing. I'm guessing. True. Where, true. It's a greens thing. Whereas if you want to run it as a greens candidate, yeah, go have a sex change. You're there. Go have a sex change and become Muslim. Done. Done. You're in. But if you, I think if you're going to run as a teal, marry a, a woman who's maybe, if you, maybe if you don't want to be the prime minister, but if you just want to get a wife into the prime ministership, just marry a woman who has political ambitions, who's a doctor or something like that. Do what you need to do to get her in as, in one of the seats. And then slowly just like in, improve the power of the teals to the point where, yeah, the liberals have to make some sort of concession and then they form a new coalition and then go for the prime ministership there. I mean, you wouldn't be doing it, but, you know, you'd be pulling this. What do they say? Instead of behind every powerful man, there's an even more powerful woman. It's just the other the way, other way around. around. Fuck. That's, That's a good what way to do Imagine it. Imagine rather than being the prime minister, fucking the prime minister. I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty fucking pretty powerful. That's, that's pretty powerful. damn powerful. Imagine coming on the prime minister's tits. Like that is Holy as shit. powerful as you can get. At at least at that moment, right? <laughs> like there's no one more powerful in the country. That's true, man. Look, I yeah, like that idea a lot. Real, that, who was, that was a real power player, Julia Gillard's boyfriend. Yeah, whoever that was. The yes. Alpha yeah, the tr- <laughs> ah, that guy, yeah. Who <laughs> surely, like, I know that no one was saying it, but, like, it's, it's, it's like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a beard. If he was what? If he was a beard. What's that? Like, you know, when someone, like, uh, Chris Pine's wife, clearly a beard, like, someone who is there to make their partners seem like they're not gay when they actually are. Like they just marry. That's a real South Australian liberal thing. Well known. All of these hot women that marry these gay men and know they're gay for their political career. In many ways, that could be weird, man. That could be a great uh, relationship in many ways. You're on the same page. You can go... Yeah, I guess now, if you, you know it. Have sex with whoever you want on the side while you maintain a stable partnership in the household. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Raise some kids. The they'd, husband's just like very funny, cracks a lot of jokes, makes along, you feel special. They? They'd get along. They'd get along well. They'd be their best friend. <laughs> that would be actually great. Sounds it like could a great actually line. be a really good relationship. Yeah. There's There's some element of it that is just inherently missing, but like. It could be a hoot in a bunch of other areas. And then, okay, then the other the other way to get to prime minister is you got to increase. If you can get in, if you, because Pauline's getting old, someone's got to take the mantle of one nation. You'd have to siphon off a lot more votes. But it could be done. If there's a, you know, Let's say there is a major food shortage here. Let's say that there, there is a major recession, maybe even a depression. Uh, let's say there is a war with China. 
suddenly these Dutton and Pauline Hansen types are truly challenging for the prime for the uh, for the parliament. Or really evil. You you somehow sow the seeds of chaos within the country. To get yeah, yeah, a classic Hitler move. You 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 start off in the you know, you you you, you petition the ABC or the government to bring in as many potentially radicalized Muslims into the country as possible. Mm. And you push for that mm. and you advocate for that and you actually low-key hope for a couple of terrorist or you just pay, yeah, Or, or you then, just pay off a couple of refugees yeah, and just yeah. say, go do it. Like, I'll give you yeah, two you go, grand. You go tell them go, if you were truly evil. Yep. And then you do the terrorist attacks in seats that you know could be winnable. Oh, damn. And holy shit. In the margin. Holy in fuck. In the marginal seats. In the marginal seats for you. And then you've just taken the mantle over Pauline. She's getting old. Out of nowhere. Here comes the new charismatic leader of One Nation. Well, you know what, actually? And you play again and you go against the press. Like, look at the press. They're always calling me. Everyone's Hitler, apparently. Everyone's Hitler. Am I really Hitler? Yeah, I, all I, I care want, about all of you. All I want is for then to be no more terrorist attacks on the local mall. Yeah, you could do it. I mean, look, that is how Hitler got into power. Like he just organised terrorist attacks. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> 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 yeah, you do that. And um, how would you undermine, say, the? you just constantly go after the liberals for being too soft? Too soft. They've become woke. They've become woke. They're too soft. You just hit that. You hit part that, of the you UN agenda. Yep. yep. No, no, no. Because see, this is the problem. This is now you have to tread a really thin line because this is actually what someone was saying. I was reading this political scientist talking about this with Pauline Hanson, and they were saying the same thing, which is that like, look, Pauline Hanson, her best attribute is that she seems extremely genuine. Right. That's true. Uh-huh. The big detractor and what they were saying is like, well, there's a big stall in it is what you pointed out. There's not a character. There's not a charismatic enough leader of that sort of like uh, nationalist populist movement in uh, Australia. Like they've got Pauline. Pauline seems like, you know, like shelter the earth and that kind of stuff. But like you need, you need to have someone with a bit of pizzazz, right? Like, okay, just for argument's sake, imagine if like Warney, was running One Nation. Okay. Well, you know? this is, uh, you know, I mean, rest in peace, but. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like he's, he's but that's like what I'm saying. Like, he's, he's, he's yeah. he is a charismatic, it can't just be a footy player. Like, it has to be a, that's the whole thing. Shane Warne was charismatic. Like, uh, okay, Sophie Monk. Sophie Monk was running One Nation. They would do so much better. And, but this is the thing. They'd also have to have, a message that is not because it's the same thing with Clive Palmer and One Nation. They started eating away at each other's votes. Yeah. and Because they, they're going for that, you know, cranky UN Agenda yeah. 21, I don't want to take a vaccine yeah, yeah, yeah. vote, siphoning it into the Liberal Party but also taking what they can out of it when it comes to the Senate. Uh But that's only going to get you so far. Like, okay, that's a very vocal minority of people online. The vast majority of people just 
you know, thought about it or, or maybe they even thought like, oh, I don't know about this shot. And then they were just like, look, just get it. Otherwise you can't travel. And they're like, okay. And then they just got it, you know, like people, most people didn't care enough to make it like a voting issue. So then you would have to like start hitting this thing of like, yes, the Liberal Party are soft. And somehow you'd, you'd want to destabilise the Labor Party to get as many of those former union votes as possible as well because already a few are going there mm. but if you can get like all of them if you can say like hey no i actually i am going to represent the public sector not the public the working class and the public that would be a hard sell but the working class better than any other party boom you're eating into a massive portion of the of the voting population you know what it is it's If Bob Catter didn't wear a cowboy hat and was just like a little less crazy and a little more character, like to replace a bit of his charisma, to replace a bit of his craziness with his charisma, because uh-huh. he's just got that tropo mind from North Queensland. But like if he was kind of like from central Queensland or south central Queensland, he could do it. You put him in with one nation, you pick your right time, you make his policies like a little more mainstream, a little more about like tax and housing policy and all this kind of stuff. Make that his talking points instead of just like uh, diesel rebates for fucking tractors instead. <laughs> like you make it like <laughs> <laughs> you, you make it like more mainstream. That's kind of the candidate that you're looking for right there. That's the guy yeah. that could take yeah. like enough votes away from the Liberal Party. Because that's what's missing in any sector of parliament. There, there isn't a charismatic, just Aussie person that people really are fond of. Basically, the closest you've got Paul, is Albo. The close, yeah, yeah, he's, and he's, he's, he's the tr- closest. Yeah, and the he's closest. not even that nah. really. But he's trying. He's a pale imitation of Bob Hawke. That's he's what he try, is. He's trying, but it's it's. But that's all you need, obviously, in this climate, right? Like, because he yeah, just he's in he, a good, people he, kind of right he kind of reminds people of Bob Hawke. I think that's what yeah. It is. He's a softer version, and you know, he's just he's you know he's nice. You can't really hate the guy. Mm. Um, but yeah, no one in there is. You know, no one exudes charisma. That at least I've seen. I mean, I'm not looking at every little member of parliament there, but. No. There's no Obama or Trudeau type figure in Australian politics. Well, that's that's some kind of sex symbol. Like, like, yeah. They're just a very charismatic, you know, Bill Clinton or anything like that. There's just nothing, nothing that comes even close to that. Look, this is the other thing, right? Teals, they had their three issues that they just laser focused on and they talked about nothing else, which was women, just this general be nice to women, uh, corruption, climate change. And that see, that is the elite class in a nutshell. They like the Liberal Party apart from those three things and that's it. And they just laser focused on that because they do focus groups and they're all from billionaire 
backed organizations from corporates and stuff like that. So they really understand how to like hone in on a demographic and just like snap them because they all have marketing departments in their corporations and all this kind of stuff, which is why, you know, if you think about it, everyone's always just being like the miracle Greens election, but it was just like that they're teal voters. They just voted for the Greens because they hate the Labor Party. Uh, if the teals ran in those seats, they would have snapped the seats that the Greens won for sure. Um, but that was the three things that they were focusing on. But see, this is the whole thing. If you're hitting the suburbs with a charismatic leader of like an opposite. No, because this is the whole thing. One nation. If you're one nation. Has, it, has there ever been an outsider who's gone into labor politics in their 40s? And got into a, you know, whether they became the prime minister but got to a leadership position or got to a, you know, a ministerial portfolio without having been part of the system since, you know, their university days. Is there, is there a Turnbull-like figure in the Labor Party? Well, I guess the closest would have been Whitlam. Whitlam went up the ranks quickly, but that was too, <laughs> the Labor Party was in dire straits by then, you know, like it had been out of power for 30 years. Uh, no, Rudd, his entire life has been a Labor man. Keating has been a Labor man his entire life. Hawke, Shorten, Kim Beasley. Was Gillard? Yeah, Gillard. Yeah, all right, so you can't really do it there. You can't. like the, the purist. The, the Labor Party is like you, you really have to be a child of your faction to get to the top of that. Uh, Which is, well, their whole messaging is, you know, oh, I came from Housing Commission. Yeah. In theory, anyone should be able to do it, but Okay. Yeah, but what they didn't mention is that, like, yeah, he he signed up when he was, like, 15. I, I think politics is going to be – it probably will become more female-dominated. So you're actually the best bet is to just kind of – Be female. Well, no, but, but, like, marry a, someone who maybe has political ambitions. And then, yeah, you're not the prime minister, but, you know, you, you can sway them. <laughs> you can sway them. Maybe. <laughs> Okay, look, the, the, the general <laughs> things that you would definitely need, because, like, we're not even talking about now, – now we're just talking about, like, like this, this fucking ramming your way through. But, like, the traditional path that is going to get you up there the quickest is to have some level of public prominence outside of politics that is not, like, infamy. Like, you know, you can't be fucking Spanian – and expect to be like a, a liberal prime minister, you know, it's not going to happen. Uh, national public prominence that you can attach your name to. That's why a referendum is perfect for that, a plebiscite, something like that. You're going to need that in your arsenal. Uh, you're going to need a fuckload of personal wealth. This is, again, why it's a huge advantage to go to the Liberal Party because in the Labor Party it's kind of just like, how much have you served the faction before you're put in that position? You're going to have to have that behind your belt. But in the Liberal Party, you can just donate a lot of money and then get up very quickly. So Malcolm Turnbull, for instance, 
you know, why no one had any problem with him just ruthlessly taking out a long-serving member in Wentworth in just one thing and then just like really just buying his way in is because when he was there, he was just like, here's a million dollars to the Liberal Party. And they were just like, okay, you know, like it's it, a lot of it is about fundraising for them. So as long as you have like a backer that can get you a lot of money, it's the same thing as like Christian Porter. The reason that they wouldn't get rid of Christian Porter, uh, first off, they needed the vote. But the other thing that I think most people don't know is that he – is really the uh, magnet for all the mining money from Western Australia for the Liberal Party. So, like, he's one of the biggest money magnets in the Liberal Party. So that's what you need. Like, you need a lot of money behind you, obviously. Prominence, money behind you, Liberal Party, small L liberal and also just this as well, what the tides are turning in depending on like your faction slash what public sentiment is, just being able to flip that fucking view on a dime. There you go, Malcolm Turnbull, which is exactly him. He's just going and being like exactly what Teal's thinking. Just being like, I like the Liberal Party except for I want there to be more women, more funding for the arts, uh, and and I believe in climate change and I think we should vaguely do something about that. And then like, you know, the, the rest of the Liberal Party was, was like, you don't think those things. And he was just like, okay. And then he just became prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> but then even, even then, okay. So to then you become a member of parliament. Okay. You get, you get to run in a safe seat. Then you have to be, do all of that, gathering the votes all the people there, so you have to give all those people what they want. But if you have enough public, pre- if you have enough of a profile, let's say you have a social media following out there in a similar vein to what Trump kind of did, you then have enough power and influence to make or break their political careers. And that could be very powerful in garnering the support needed within the party to actually gain the leadership. So you need a lot of personal wealth and then a lot of influence as well. Yes, you do. But this is the whole thing. You can't have Trump influence like you can in the like Republican party because you just you can't seize prime ministership like you can seize the president in the United States. It's impossible. Yeah. Like you still have to go through the machine. So, yes, you do. This is the very difficult dance here. You have to have public prominence, but it has to be in a very easygoing, likable way. It can't be in this like fanaticism fan base like Trump has. Mm. You can't have fanatics. You have to be generally liked. Like Malcolm Turnbull was when he wasn't prime minister. People just like vaguely liked the idea of him. That's going to get you there. Like the only reason that Scott Morrison got into the position that he was in is because there was like a a civil war happening in the Liberal Party at the time and he became this sort of like brokered, nobody was happy with him candidate. That's that's a rare outcome. Mm -hmm. He was lucky. So again, look, it's it's that because like like what Neil was saying, even if that 
the Teals eventually just migrate into the Liberal Party. It's still representing that wet faction of the Liberal Party. It's just the, the natural position, the, the compromise of all of the powerful factions in Australia, so like personal wealth, corporate wealth, uh, mineral wealth. You're not really pissing off any of those uh, aspects, uh, you know, the, the, the cultural beliefs of the elite, all of that, that, that's where they want you to be. And I'm telling you, like, that's your best bet. Yeah, I, I can see that. It is a really cool. Or you just be that charismatic nationalistic side, but you'd have to then really coalesce all those parties together you'd have to kind of bring together Clyde Palmer one nation the nationals take the nationals out of the liberal coalition bring it into some kind of new coalition and then still try to win the suburban seats which could be done but I think that really the charisma there would be very uh, just the definitive factor I think you could really if you're hitting the right topics and you, you can sort of be that very likable Aussie character that is a point of difference to everyone else there and not have that sort of, you know, that uh, adamant drain the swan antagonistic sort of message, but a, hey, look, parliament, they're all people who are in a bubble. I actually represent you. I represent the working people of Australia. You know what it Can is? It's, it's Peter Dutton with charisma and none of the baggage of being like an immigration minister and minister for home affairs before that, you know, like, it's like, yeah, that's who you want. Like, but like he's, he's playing exactly what mainstream Australia wants at the moment. Yeah. But with the charisma is he's totally void of it. Totally void of it. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like if you had Dutton plus charisma, you could rise that kind of outside a party vote enough to like do the same thing for the teals. <clears throat> but again, different circumstances because the reason that the teals won as well as circumstances, it was the bushfires. The bushfires really exacerbated yeah. it to the point that your Malcolm Turnbull liberal voter was just like, no, nah, I, I can't fucking vote for this party anymore. Uh, and so I think that that needs to happen that people that have these, uh, general sentiments of just like, nah, that's enough immigrants and all that kind of stuff. Something needs to happen, like the terrorist attack. Terrorist attack needs to happen for that vote to rise. Right, right. Or, you, you know, woke progressive cultural ideas become so... Unbearable. Yeah, to the point where you could run on that kind of messaging, which, uh, look, you, they loosely are now anyway. But it's not really, really like the core of it. I and think you in know America well, and the UK, enough. you could, in our lifetime, you could see someone arguably Trump maybe did. I think he did it just by chance rather than actually by honing in on those issues specifically. But there's a person who was high up in the uh, the Tory race for leader there, Kemi Badenoch, I think her name is, and she's this Nigerian immigrant. Female. So she hits all those identity points already. 
and she was very charismatic and she really honed in on those, this is the Western identity. I know this because I've come from a country that didn't have it and I'm going to fight for that identity for all of you. And she just didn't, from what I've heard, she's just very new to politics and she didn't sort of appease the actual donor class of the Tories. Tories, yeah, but I don't know. Look, if there's any British people listening to this, you'd probably know a bit, bit more about that. But someone like that could have a huge chance in the centre-right party in any Western democracy. That That is the new uh, – that, that's the new trick that uh, Tory parties across the planet have really picked in on. And you know who I think actually really like pioneered that is Candace Owens. It is – bulletproof stuff it's like it's the strongest suit that they have which is all this like political correctness has gone too far shit but like like all those like dickheads at like the guardian and the sydney morning herald and shit like that are like too scared to attack them because you know like they've got nowhere to go on it so i was like what's the aboriginal chick now that's in the, <coughs> the liberal party here but it's like her just being sitting there and just being like, man, fuck voice for parliament and shit like that. Like she's the only one that can say it because like she'll just get no blowback whatsoever from like, you know, the, the, the usual swill of the press that like would just be like, oh, my God, you know, like freak out. Like so they just get this like yeah. platform to run their views and coalesce that side of politics unapologetically and get no blowback or negativity from this side. Oh, so they get like a free run. Immigrants will vote for that candidate in droves. I'm telling you that with the yeah. social conservatism of most immigrant families, the uh, the sh financial shrewdness, they are conservative in many ways. They aspire to become Tories. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's why they migrate. Why do you think immigrants come to the West? They like the ideals of the West, mm. and so they're just reticent to vote for some of those other uh, right-wing candidates because they think, oh, are they racist? I can't tell. But then you put someone in there who isn't yeah, who's black. white, and, and then, then yeah. immediately they will vote for them in a heartbeat. Actually, that I'll makes probably vote for them. Sense. That makes a lot of sense. And you also have everybody else that would vote for that, like, ideal, no matter what. Uh, I would probably vote for Candace can, Owens, dude. They, they can't do that. <laughs> dude, like, everything <laughs> Candace Owens <laughs> ever says online, you're always just like, fuck, she's right, yeah. she's right. <laughs> I agree. That, like, it, you can't tell me that she does not embody all those, like, characteristics of a quote-unquote strong woman better than any other woman. Way better. Like, Way the better. amount like, of so criticism fiery, she so gets, passionate. so fiery, so um, very masculine in her temperament. Like Does such not give an strong inch. opinions. Yeah, the firmer or stronger opinions than any Republican man. Fierce, truly fierce, truly passionate. And again, like... Uh, and uh, look, she's kind of right on a lot of the cultural stuff. She's never... Yeah, yeah. And she's uh, – 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's that. That's that's like, you know, dude. I actually think that that's probably the way through. You know what? <laughs> that's probably the quickest way to be a prime minister. To be a black chick in the conservative party of your country, like that, you'd fucking kill it. You would kill it. Like it's 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 a weird mix of time. Like it's just because there's all this like it's like all these corporations and companies and shit and like and, and like that that progressive side of the media they'd be fucking terrified of you. And everybody that agrees with you agrees with you anyway. And like you have the license to just go way further in what you're saying than anyone else does. Yeah, look, like, like, like exactly the, like that Nigerian chick, right like her, she would be probably the only person in mainstream England that would be saying fuck immigrants. And like that is what the average British person thinks and has thought for like 20 years. And I bet you she was the only one <laughs> saying it in a major party. Yeah, well, I don't know what her actual policies were, but. Uh, if, but if she's saying like seen a few I support Western values and all this kind of stuff, huh? I've seen a few uh, clips of her in the parliament. And yeah, impressive, impressive, charismatic, right? Okay, how old is she? Like forty? Yeah, young, young for politics. <laughs> um, she just kept honing in on the like, do not treat me like a victim because of my skin color, and I was like, <laughs> yes, right? Okay, okay, yeah, that's I that's agree. the way you go. It's actually fuck. Now that I think about it, every every Western Parliament has one of them now. And look, it's not exactly the same here in Sydney, but you could pick. I mean, sorry, in Australia, you could pick off a lot of, you know, the quote unquote multicultural seats, definitely in Sydney and Melbourne, with a sort of, not a message of Christian conservatism, but of just social conservatism that's notably. Anti-woke. Mm. Mm. Muslim seats will definitely vote for you. The Polynesian population will definitely vote for you. I have a suspicion a lot of the Chinese and Indian population will may not be as passionate about it, but they'll likely vote for you. The second, third, and fourth generation Greek and Italian population will. You could you could win a lot of Western Sydney. It's true, isn't it? Ethnics hate ethnics, don't they? No, they really no, they, they they hate the woke the. No, but they they hate the woke crowd. But you can also just go like so much further with them. It's the same with like wogs and things like that. It's, it it really is like a very uh, Anglo thing to just be like constantly scared of like being racist or whatever. Like to Indians and Polynesians and Wogs and like Lebs and they're not scared of being racist, you know. Like you, you can go so far in what you say to them as long as you're not saying it specifically to them. They're just going to be like, "Yeah, fuck them," you know. Like, <laughs> like you could, you could, you could hit it. Like you, you can really like pull the throttle if you're going that that route. Like, I, 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 I read a John Safran book about um, some of those populist movements in 2016 and how they culminated here in Australia. And there was a march being organized against, uh, well, against Islam, but specifically on the point of, you know, you know, we, we need radical Islam or 
changed because a lot of those ISIS terrorist attacks were occurring. And then there was a protest movement of largely young white people that were going in there expecting to be protesting against largely white old men. It was like all Indians and Chinese. (laughs) 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 Because they live in the same electorate. (laughs) And then it was Sikhs, dude. It was like... Indian guys with beards and turbans protesting against Muslims. And then of course. The, and then the woke people were so dumb, they thought they were the like they were confused. Oh and they fuck. didn't even Are realize they Are weren't Muslim. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Dude, that 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 is like <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a sketch. <laughs> Yeah, that was that 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 uh that 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 fucking happened in the US recently as well. Yeah, there's they, stories. They, 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 they were looking for that. They were looking for. I, I can't remember. They, they was hearing that there was like this massive. It was exactly the same story. It was just like anti-Muslim rally. So the press was all ready to go there, and then they just fucking killed the story because obviously at an anti-Muslim rally, who's going to be there? Sikhs. Like Sikhs <laughs> fucking hate Muslims. <laughs> and Hindus. <laughs> and the optics of that. Like you could just, so they just, just shut it down. <laughs> you can't even like take the photos of that and most people would be like, oh, what? <laughs> and also like just, I you know, like taking it, like actually exactly what they imagine in their head with like slightly different symbols, right? Like because it's just like it, it, it was them- Going down the street in bulldozers with like pictures of Modi everywhere, right? Like it is a proto-fascist movement, right? Like it's like a cult of personality going down the streets, getting like with bulldozers, which symbolizes like bulldozing Muslims out of India, right? Like it was like everything you would imagine that they would like that the press would wet themselves over about like this fascist movement. Nah, wouldn't have a bar of it. Wouldn't have a fucking bar of it. That's incredible. <laughs> Dude, it's like it's it's so good the uh I'm telling you, man, like this this is the way to do it. This it, it really does show it. It's just like look if you got someone who was any colour except white to be Pauline Hanson, you'd fucking blitz the election. Potentially. You would get so many <laughs> fucking- If they're like, charismatic. If anyone said, like if there was like an Indian chick saying what fucking Pauline Hanson was saying of just being like, there should be one nation here with one flag. There should not be the level of immigration in this country. Like, dude, they would fucking kill it. Like <laughs> they would love that. They would love. They the probably accent. love you everything have, you can't about have the accent. You got to have an Australian accent. Australian accent, okay. Australian accent, but it has to be like. What do they actually oppose in Pauline Hanson's platform? Like they really like the idea of like coming to Australia and then you are Australian. Like that's your new nationality. Uh. They probably they probably really support like a reduction in migration rates. They would probably actually support like uh, 
in increasing the level of like uh, local produce being made and sold in Australia and like more jobs in this country and this country. It's nationalism. Nationalism. Just, they yeah. probably support nationalism it's heaps. nationalism. That's all. <clears throat> being tough on China. Yeah, they'd fucking hate China. Um, the Chinese, he would fucking hate China. Like, but they're not Christians either. They're not like super socially conservative themselves. They wouldn't. But that's not one nation. One nation isn't like no, very exactly. Christian. That's what I'm saying. They're not. They'd be like, yeah, fucking do what you want, but don't shove it in me face. Like, you know, they'll be like, <laughs> yes, go be yes, gay. Yes. I want to see your fucking flag everywhere. That's it. Which is like, I think that's yes. what most of suburban Australia actually <laughs> agrees with. That's most of suburban Australia. It's like, go do what you want, but just fuck <laughs> off. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> go be gay, but let me make a joke about it. And don't make me wear your rainbow. That's, <laughs> which is, I agree, like, to an extent, like, fair point. <laughs> you know, like, I want my daughter to go and fucking learn all this. Like, that's, <laughs> you run on that, man, that you got that in the bag. And also, you know what else as well? Like you, yeah, what you just said then, like, you know, lads and uh, oh, yeah. lower socioeconomic they whites would love, would love it. That. They wouldn't give a fuck. Like this is the whole thing, right? Like because it is just cultural. Like the, the Guardian and all this have this concept of just like it, just because Pauline Hanson's white, that's why they're voting for them. No way. Dude, if an Indian chick was saying that, they would vote for the Indian chick in a, in a fucking second. In a second, like just even say that one sentence of just being like, I don't care if you're gay or not, just don't fucking wave it in my face. Like I don't want to see that shit on TV. I've got kids. Like that, that would win them over. That statement. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, dude, I, I really, really actually do think this now. That's how you expand like that right wing movement for lack of a better term in Australia. The next logical step, you get an immigrant to be the head of the fuck immigrants party. Well, because it's not really the fuck immigrant. It's now become the fuck woke people party. Become the fuck woke people party. But having said that though, like, dude, immigrants, as soon as immigrants are in, they want the door shut. Usually, like, they don't want more immigrants coming in. Yeah, usually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's two's parents in a nutshell. Um, yeah, they hate woke. They hate China. Yeah, no, the, the, the irony is that probably will be that kind of right of centre cultural coalition if it's not already there anyway, which is hugely ironic because... When I was a kid, it was the complete opposite. It was the it really was, yeah. The the whites, the you know, the nationalistic whites would just be making an anti-immigration vote, and now it's just an anti-wokeism uh, vote. Anti-wokeism vote. That's that's really the the front line at the moment. In, in the in the deep with a deep sense of irony as well. The the excesses of the progressive movement actually allowed for uh, 
you know, people of color to be included into that mainstream sector of, Holy a, shit. of Australia because they pushed it so far and maybe they did that intentionally and they were playing 4D chess that now uh, the people who were anti-immigrant before can stomach, easily stomach people who aren't white as long as they're, like, not fuckwits. And in a weird way, that's... They 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 did what they set out to achieve. Ensure people with a non-white background could feel included. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're what included in the hating fuck? you. What? Holy shit! So what? It worked. God, this is some real, like, butterfly effect stuff, isn't it? Like, it's, it's like, who saw that coming? Yeah. <laughs> no, 20 years ago, if you told someone that, you know. Yeah, what the hell? Like, honestly, the, the conditions are ripe for that. Mm. All right, well, um, that was a fun little exercise. I think we'll end it there. I guess we're ending it there for 2022. I hope you enjoy the rest of your year. And I will probably do an announcement sometime in maybe December or early January as to when we'll return. And uh, I guess that's it. Come see us live as always. I hope you've enjoyed what we've what we've done in these 140 plus episodes. And um, on to season two. On to season two, and can we just take this opportunity to once again thank everybody that listens to this podcast. I know we say it a lot, but you are uh, my favourite of the audiences when I come and meet you, and I honestly do think that you're all going places in life, and what strengthens that is every email that we receive of all of these people that, you know, like what were the last two that we had? We had a guy that mastered panic attacks followed by a guy who did a four-year-long instrumental project for no reason other than the art itself. Like the, the, these, the, this is a, a very uh, remarkable, unique audience and my uh, hat, if I had one, would go off to you. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for all the support, everyone who's listened, everyone who shared the podcast, everyone who subscribed, who's... Uh, yeah, thank you to the sponsors as well. Got to thank the sponsors. Um, see you. Uh, see you on the other side. See you in twenty twenty three. See you guys. Bye bye. <laughs>